Hello there, you're welcome to the Dub Zone GA podcast as we look ahead to uh, this weekend's Dublin Senior Hurling Semi-Finals at Parnell Park. Uh, first of all, we're going to say hello to the Evening Herald's Conor McKeown. Hi, Conor. Hi, Derek. And we're also joined by Dublin Hurlers and All-Star nominees, Chris Crummy and Owen O'Donnell. Hi, guys. Hey, Derek. Uh, congrats to you both on the All-Star nominations. Well deserved. Thanks, Derek. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I believe Thanks, as well, um, congratulations are in order for you both because you both have been told by a mole here in Dublin GA you both graduated from your masters in the past few weeks, is that right? Yeah, yeah that's we right. have. Yeah, the student and life in the same more course. Going to the real world, <laughs> and both in the same course as well. What was what was the course? Uh, similar courses. Yeah, I I did the management business management course and owned did the strategy strategy course. So yeah, it was a it was a long year. So it felt like it was ne- never ending, but we're just delighted to be finished now at this stage. <laughs> well, congratulations, guys. Well, well done, D. Um, okay, we're going to start actually obviously looking ahead to the semi-finals taking place this weekend. The two of them are on uh, Sunday in Parnell Park. Craig Kieran versus St. Bridget's at half two. And then Vincent's versus Kula at half four at Parnell Park as well. Connor, I guess we'll start with yourself um, looking ahead to those games. Can you give us your overall assessment of the championship so far? Are you surprised by the last four teams in it? Were you surprised by some of the quarterfinal um, results? Hello, Connor. I'll jump in there, Derek. Yeah, I suppose the four teams left as a mixed bag. Um, you would have said at the start of the year that Kula and Vincent's were very strong and they'd be in it in there around the end of the year and they have. Uh, the other semi-final between Bridget's and Crave is probably one of the more unusual that they've been two up-and-coming teams and they consider themselves, you know, quite the, the strong hurling teams. But for the rest of Dublin, you know, there's uh, a bit of shock that they're there. Uh, but they're well deserved to to get their place there. You know they have a lot of talent, and there's a good mix in both teams between old and young. So both of them will fancy their chances and will be going for a chance to get into a county final. Yeah, um, Chris, I guess you you obviously would know Craig from close up. They obviously uh, beat you in the quarter final, beat Lucan in the quarter final. Um, as Owen said, there's something of a surprise pairing in, in that too. I guess were you impressed by Craig in the in that uh, quarter final? Um, yeah, I suppose you you have to be. Be impressed by them. Um, they've been very, very consistent, very strong all year. They had a, a very good league campaign, and then in the earlier rounds in the group stages, they had a brilliant win against Vincent. So we knew obviously it was going to be a very tough game. But I suppose the 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 intensity that that Craig brought to that game was something that probably caught me by a bit by, by surprise in a way that they were they were a very strong, very physical team. And um, I think a lot of people are aware of um how how they use the ball, they use it very well. And um, they played Adam Crab as a sweeper that day and. And the, the rest of the defence really looked for him with the ball. And then they have a lot of threats um, with the young lads, with Billy Ryan and Keane Derwin. And then Francis Sangle was a handful against us as well. So um, it's not really a surprise that they're there, considering they, they have been in the top four in the league. And they were so they were so strong in the earlier rounds. Um, that they have a lot of threats in, the, in their team and um, they, they, they bring great physicality. So I think it's, we're in for a, a very good game against Bridget um, this, this Sunday. Yeah, were you, from your point of view, were you disappointed? Were you, you know, obviously to obviously disappointed to be, to be knocked out? But did you feel you left the game behind at all, or was it something that Crave, you know, fully deserved to go through? Yeah, like on the day, I think Crave did deserve, did fully deserve to go through. But I suppose we were very disappointed with um, our start. Like we were two, two goals down after after two minutes, um, and that was really a killer blow for us because um, we knew how important getting off to a good start would be. And we put, in the end, it was probably. Like we lost the game by four points, so it was that was probably ultimately the difference in, on the day. Um, and then I suppose we had 15 wides looking back on it, and 
Um, I suppose not going to win many games with, with that tally. So I suppose um, looking at the Bridges team th- this Sunday, um, the forwards have been on fire. Um, they have a great free taker in Paul Winters, and um, I, I think um, if they take take those chances, um, that they'll have a great chance. Yeah, and Owen, you were on COCOM the day um, the, of the well, Kula, the Crows quarterfinal, but you also caught a bit of the Bridgets Nafina game as well. So you would have seen Bridgets uh, against Nafina that day. What did you make of them? And do you fancy them to, you know, maybe go, on, go into the final and, and maybe challenge who people see maybe as the favourites, Kula and Vincent? Do you see them potentially as, as going all the way? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to know who will come out on top of the. Bridges Crave game, um, they both be kind of very close linked. Um, I suppose it's it's an obvious one, but whoever's forwards comes out on top on the day, uh, will win, and it's an easy thing to say. But you know, like when you look at Owen Dunn, Keno Sullivan, Paul Winters, Johnny McGurk, there's a lot of talent there. So if I was the the Crave Huron team, I would try to look at how to to limit them as much as possible. Um, and then on the on the Crave side, you've lads like Billy Ryan and Paul Kelly and Keen Derwin who also have a lot of talent. So it's just whoever of them rise to the occasion on the day really will go through because I don't think there's much between them in terms of talent or potential. Um, so it's a difficult one to call. Um, and then obviously they have a lot of momentum after getting two wood wins like that. Uh, going into the final, they'll fancy them themselves against any team in the final. Anything can happen. Yeah, I was talking to um. I think it was Johnny McGurk after the after his quarter final, and and he he was kind of boasting about the fact that um there's three north side teams and only one uh, south side team this year. There was a kind of, kind of surprise in that regard. I mean, obviously one of Kula and Croaks were going to go, but the fact that Bowden were knocked out as well it is kind of a surprising matchup in the semi-finals. Yeah, it's surprising in that sense. Yeah, I'd say so. But like Chris said it as well that Crave have been in the top tier in the last league and championship for the last couple of years. So it's it's no surprise that they're about. Um, at the start of the year, you would have said Bridget's, uh, Bowden, Ballymun, or not Ballymun, sorry, uh, Ballybowden, Croaks, all them teams would be up at the top. Um, so it's just how the draw worked out on either side that Cool and Croaks played earlier on. Um, whereas it was Croaks and Bowden in the final last year. So it's it's hard to know what way it'll turn out each year. Yeah, and I guess that Vincent's game then the um I mean you again were on co-coms for the for that Kula game the last day. Um the big story that day, I guess for for both the the big story that day was the form of Khan. He scored two three that day. Conor Callahan coming back from obviously winning the All Ireland with the, the footballers the week before, both goals coming in the opening seven minutes. There were people who questioned him before the game whether he'd struggled to return to hurling so quickly after the football final, considering he hadn't played. Much, but those worries proved fairly unfounded. Have you either you played against him from a hurling point of view over the last while, and and what's he like to play against? Yeah, yeah, we played uh, Kula in the the quarter final last year, and I suppose he brings a lot of those similar strengths that he has in football into the hurling. The, he's very athletic, and the, the the pure strength and and pace of him is, is very difficult to stop when he gets gets a run at you. I suppose the the sign of this this Kula team over the last few years is. The strength uh, throughout the pitch, and and I know Con was exceptional the last day and scored two three, but like it, Vincent will obviously be be trying to keep him, him tabs on him the next day. But if, if they do that, there's other threats throughout the pitch such as Mark uh, Mark Shute. It's great to see him back beside him and Colin Cronin. That like there, there's so many and the two traces. There's there's players that can pop up on any given day, and, and I suppose that's the the challenge that awaits Vincent uh, on Sunday. Uh, Connors back in. One of the questions I asked you at the start was, uh, were you surprised, I guess, by the, the semi-final pairings and how the championship has gone so far? And are you? Yeah, to a certain extent. Like I have to say, um, like I saw Nafina 
we crossed that night before the big summer long summer break and I thought that night they looked really, really good. Uh, I thought the two curries were exceptional. Um and I thought uh that Donald Burke played very well that night and I thought Nafina were gonna have a big say in this. Now we didn't see the bridges in the game, but you know, I think he knows all of them got five points to play that night and he's he's the sort of guy he's the sort of forward that you'd look to see um you know, maybe taking that form in with the Dublin squad next year because he's got a kind of a, a touch of the Dottie O'Callaghan's about him. But as the two lads have said, like, you know, Bridges have, um, Bridges have a serious sort of attack. Um, and, you know, they're worth a place in the semi final. Yeah, I think it's, in another way, it's good to see Vincent Braves, two sort of traditional sort of hurling superpowers back at this level as well. Because I think five, six years ago, they were a long way off us and it looked like, you know, Bally Bowden and Stokes we're going to truly take over. So, um, look, I think they're like the elephant in the room is, is that Kula are playing some serious hurling. Um, you know, I think they're kind of refreshed under new management. I don't think they're quite as systematic as they were in the past. Um, they haven't really brought through any sort of newer players. Uh, Dermot O'Flynn is probably the only one that's broken into the team from the double All Ireland winning team. But with Colin back, like, and as the two lads were saying, like, he's such an outlet. Like, you can just, if you can get him the ball in space, um, you can see that he's actually starting to kind of freak defenders out to a certain extent because they know if they try and engage with him, he can go past them or he can go through them if there's a goal on. So defenders are starting to actually stand off Conor Callum now at this stage. Like Kula have so much talent all over the pitch that if you're if you're trying to drop back a sweeper or you're trying to double team one fella, you know, Mark Shute will do the damage or Colin Crone will come here through the middle. So I think at this stage, like, you know, not to be in any way disrespectful to Bridget or Brave or, or Vincent's push um, and Kula are, are just like they're, they're back into that All Ireland winning form. You know, Mark Shute, who looked like he was going to have a, a good summer with Dublin before he got injured, he's back playing. Keno you know, Callum was in the team the other day as well. So like it's a really, really strong 15. And, um, like at this stage, I think they're kind of overwhelming, David. Yeah, and is is that deserved, guys? I mean, uh, do, do you see someone stopping them from the other three teams? Obviously, Vincent's is this weekend, but Craver or Bridges, can any of those three teams stop them? Yeah, I think Vincent's, like, they had such a, such a, such a good win against Ballybow in the, la- the last day. I think that will give them great confidence and momentum is, I suppose, a big thing, thing in sport and they definitely have that coming into this game. So, for me, I think the the, the biggest thing they have to make sure it happens is is the quality of ball going into Con and Mark and these lads that they try and limit that as much as much as possible and and um, last year I suppose we probably we probably went with the the strategy of playing a sweeper and it, it didn't work because it probably gave the likes of Sean Moore and Paul Shute the lads out the pitch um time and space in the ball to, to pick out passes for for Con and Mark. So I think there's there's big onus and, and pressure on the likes of uh, John Hedderton and Connor Burke and these lads around the middle. Just to, to stop those um those lads in the in the cool half back line, which has been such a strong presence um over the last few years. If they can stop the quality of ball going in there, um I think that'll that'll um give them a big boost and be a be a long way in stopping Kula. Um Connor, you mentioned there that uh, Willie Myers brought in a kind of different style. Uh, tell us about the the different style that he's brought in compared to what Maddie Kenny would have had at Kula before that. Yeah, like it's it's probably less pronounced now that Connor's back because he's he's all of a sudden the outlet again. But you know, even during the league, um, like they played out a really good league final against Bally Bolton and Bill Park that day. And, um, like you always got this the sense with Gula uh, previously that like they were that the system that that Matty Kenny had really suited um, really suited the team and really suited his strengths. But it, I don't know, it, it it looks a little bit less structured. Um, 
you know, but you see Sean Moran gets on a huge amount of ball. Like he, he had he made a great run the last day for Conor Callan's second goal. So he's actually freed up a little bit to actually attack, trying to use his pace. Um, and like Sean Tracy and Daryl Connell, like there's so much talent now at this stage. Where I, I don't, you know, they probably don't need to be as rigid maybe as they were in the past. And like three eighteen against a team like Strokes, huge start to run up. Um, but, but like you know, they have all the experience now and. Again, like I don't want to look too far down the tracks, but I was even just checking the draw for the Leinster Championship this morning, and they would be on the far side of the draw um, from Ballyhale Shamrocks, where Ballyhale's win the Kenny in Dublin, or Cooler works to win the Dublin Senior Hurling Championship. And like the level of talent that's in that Cooler team now, and the experience that they have of winning, and the level of ambition that they have there, you wouldn't be surprised if they were still kind of hurling at the end of November, early December. Oh, we talked a lot about. Um... Con obviously because he was exceptional and scored two two that day. But Heatherton two three, I think he scored that day. But uh, John Heatherton scored nineteen points against um, Bally Bowden in their win the last day. Again, a bit of a surprise. A lot of people would have expected Bowden to go through, um, but Heatherton uh, scored nineteen points. They won by eleven in the end. I mean, I know that they they had to grab a late point to level the game uh, to go bring it into extra time, but to win by eleven points in the end is is pretty emphatic. Uh, how big a win is that for Vince's, just in terms of confidence even, to go into a semi-final against Kula, knowing that they've already beaten Ballyboden? Yeah, it is massive, um, you know, to beat the county champions by that score in extra time shows that they have massive fitness in their team. Uh, they have David Aherty in as a selector slash coach, and he's one of the top rated coaches in the country. So he's obviously doing a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, like Chris alluded to earlier, some of the class that Vince is having their forwards is their top class forwards with Hedge O'Connor, Burke, Key McBride. And the thing about them is they're all big forwards, well able to win their ball. Um, like I said, Hedge got 19 points there the last day. Like that in itself is an outrageous achievement. Uh, but he's someone that's worked massively on his fitness and his athleticism over the last year. And it's really coming to benefit now. And Vincent's will be looking for them to be their outlet ma- outlet man on puck outs and long balls. Uh, so Kula will try to get the, the matchups right. Like John Shane in full back is a, is a big man and was the sweeper slash man marker for them last year for Kula last year and in, in all-in successes. So it'll be interesting to see if he comes out and marks uh, Hedjo for that physicality and that would free up Sean Moore and like uh, Connor said to get on them balls and run in. So it's just the the big thing for me about Kula is how they always stamp their style of play in the game, that they have two wing forwards in Jake Malone and Sean Tracy that naturally want to come deep and look for a ball. And the problem with that is if Vincent's half-back line follow them, it leaves a lot of space in front of a very dangerous full forward line. If they don't follow them, then you've Jake Malone and Sean Tracy who are top-class players picking off balls and scoring from long range. So Vincent's are going to have an awful headache trying to stamp their authority on the game and not fall into the trap that Kula wants you to fall into. Um, so that that's the the big question for me, is whether Vincent's can impose their own style of play on the game, uh, rather than falling into what Kula have planned. Yeah, I suppose just on that as well, like the, the, la- the last day against Crokes, they probably had a very dangerous inside line of Ushin O'Rourke, Ronan Hayes. Um, but from watching the game, there wasn't, I can't remember too many balls that were really played out in front of the likes of Ushin and, and Ronan um, to play to their advantages. So I think... Um, Vincent's the last day they've Alan Moore who's probably one of the quickest lads in Dublin um, with Kim McBride inside so I think they're going to, to, for Vincent's to win this game I think they're going to need goals and I think if they can start getting good quality ball in front of those two I think that could cause the, the cooler defence some, some serious headaches 
Um, and not to get too far ahead, I guess, but I mean, are you kind of looking at the winner coming from Kula Vincent's, uh, not to dismiss Bridget's Crave, but are, is that is that where the winner is going to come from? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think I think Crave Bridget's, um, they've had a very strong year, strong league campaign today as well. And I think if, if either of them go in, get to the county final, like they're going in with, with huge belief and confidence and, and momentum that I think that on on any given day, like they'll they'll fancy their chances um of of beating Cooler or Vincent's. Um Cooler are obviously favourites and, and justifiably so over their their current form and, and and what they've achieved over the last few years. But um no I, I definitely think that if Bridges or Crave and uh, whoever gets to the final that they'll still be in there with, with with a chance um when they get there. And I think part of Crave Kieran's strength is their goalkeeper Stephen Chester that he has a massive book out that causes all sorts of damage. If that ball is travelling 100 yards and it's landing on top of a full forward, full back line, it's it's very difficult for anyone to deal with no matter the quality of the full back line. And once it breaks, it can be anyone's. And Crave Kieran got a goal and a few more scores from that the last day. Uh, so that I, I'd say they'll be trying to do that again against Bridget's. And Dara Plunkett played full back the last day for Bridget's, which was more of an unusual choice because he has so much pace and hurl in him. So it'll be interesting to see whether they try target him under high ball um, with players like uh, Kieran McGowan in there, who's who's a big, strong lad, so it'll be interesting to see if Crave Kieran try to go for the same choice. Okay, um, lads, predictions. I guess we've talked through them now. At this stage, you're kind of saying the Kula are the favourites. Do you fancy them to go through? We'll go Connor first of all. Your predictions of the two games? Yeah, I do fancy Kula to go through. Um, I have to say, like, I, like I agree with the lads that the Vincent's victory over Ballyboden was huge for them as a team because. I think it was four points they lost to Bowden last year in the county semi-final and they were kind of right in that till the very end. Um, and again, you know, I think they could probably cause cooler problems if they go direct to, you know, John Heverton or Farrah the Quarry Bookout. But having said that, look, I really do think cooler are kind of coming back to the form of two years ago. Uh, as so far, they've shown all, the, all those signs, particularly the strong back and forward. And then the other game, I think it's going to be really, really tight, but I actually think Bridget's are going to win it. Um, you know, again, like if somebody like Keno Sullivan gets on an awful lot of ball, and if Paul Winters, who's actually a very good ball winner as well, has been a really, really good accurate free taker. Um, and, you know, if it's not the long cookouts like Alan Owen probably has the longest with the ball. So, yeah, I just, uh, I think the two games will be pretty tight, but I think it will be, um, I think we could still have bridges as well. Yeah, I probably have to agree with Connor there. Um, I think the first day, I just think uh, Bridges have more more threats up front. Um, I think the form that Keno Sullivan, Owen Dunn and Paul Winters have shown in the last two games um, has been excellent and I think um, the, the greater threat up front um, will see them through in that game and then in the second game I just think Kula as I've said already I just think the different threats show the team like if you keep if you keep Con quiet um, I just feel like Colm Crone and Mark Shute and um, David Tracy someone else will stand up and the form that they've shown in the last few games they're, they're putting up some serious scores um, and I just think that Vincent's uh, defence will probably struggle with um, how, how good a form they're in. So I'd probably go for Bridges and Kula as well, yeah. And Owen uh, Kula, Bridges, is yeah on that wagon as well? Uh, I'd ha- I, th- I think I disagree on the, the Crave-Bridges game. I think if Crave can bring the intensity they've been bringing all year, they can make a, a real dogfight out of it that Bridges probably wouldn't be able to live with the physicality of the, the crave Kieran forwards and the likes of... Kev Hedjo centre back, um. So it's just all about if Crave Kieran can can turn it into as as big of a 
a tackling rough game as they can and that's the the kind of atmosphere they thrive on um so it's just whether they can turn it into enough of a dog fight uh but i'd have to go crave and then i'd agree with the lads that Kula just have too much talent that there's too many fires to put out um and it's quite difficult for vincent to stop all of them that if they stop a few then others will rise to occasion so i'd have to go for for Kula in that one as well all right lads um thanks for joining us and uh, we'll chat to you all again soon thanks a million Thanks, Eric. And don't forget as well that the uh, semi-finals will both be live on Dubs TV this uh, Sunday afternoon. It's Crave Kiron versus St. Bridget's uh, throw in at half past two at Parnell Park. And at half past four, it's St. Vincent's versus Kula. Okay, coming up next, we'll be focusing on the football. Connor is staying with us and we'll be joined as well by former Dublin man, Ger Brennan. Okay, it's football time now on the Dubs On podcast. Connor McKeown from the Herald has stayed on the line. And we're joined now by former Dublin and St. Vincent's man, Ger Brennan. Eric, how are you? As I say, former uh, St. Vincent's manager and former uh, Dublin man, you have retired from the club scene with Vincent's. How is retirement going for you so far? I suppose I have a bit more time on my hand. Derek helping out at home a bit more and enjoying life over in UCD GA Club as well. Not being pulled and dragged out of sides of the city. Uh, of course, you do miss it when this part of the championship season begins after Dublin are finished with the inter-county setup. But uh, I had a good 16 years playing senior football with the club and very content with how it went. Um, was it difficult to make the decision, though, Ger? You know, uh, in terms of leaving the club scene. Obviously, you left the intercounty scene a few years back, but leaving the club scene, there's a kind of bit of finality about it in terms of the end of your playing career. Was it difficult to make that decision, or did it kind of come naturally to you? It was probably something that evolved, Derek, over the last two or three seasons. With each year that was passing, I was probably finding it more challenging to get myself motivated for the the season ahead. The nature of the job in UCD involves a lot of evenings around peak times for the St. Vincent's uh, club scene too, so that would obviously influence um, the energy levels and, and, and what have you. But I was uh, now fairly content uh, with the decision I made, and again, when I tend to make a call, I tend to kind of be happy and content with it and stick with it. Good stuff. Connor, uh, we did uh, the same for the hurling the last time. Uh, your assessment of the season as a whole, I guess, uh, of the uh, Dublin Senior Football Championship season, obviously the Round three games were last weekend and the quarterfinal pairings have now been confirmed. Uh, what do you make of the last eight teams? Are you surprised by any of them? Ah, yeah. Like, I mean, there was always going to be four or five teams that were inevitability or were going to be inevitable in the quarterfinal uh, uh, participants. They're all there as well. Um, like, there's obviously one or two. Like, like Thomas Davis, it's a parallel story considering they were the club who, um, they were the club who objected to the the senior football championship being split into two tiers and after losing their objection they went and won the second tier and then their first tier back in the first tier now they're into out in the quarter final. So um you know it's a fair it's a fair one for them. Like obviously you would have expected talent wise for Ballymont to be in the in the quarter finals, but they have struggled these past few years with that initial round after the All Ireland Senior Football Championship is is, is finished. And you could see like for a lot of the, like there's, I think there's five Dublin players that started the last day and Epic come up on the bench and they lost to Messina. And you could just probably detect that for all the, for all the effort that those players were putting in, that the energy levels probably weren't where they, where they could be, uh, or where they might have been. Um, and the other thing as well is, you know, like you look at the teams that really thrive in this competition and over the last few years, and they include Gareth Vincent's team in that as well. They tended to be the teams that only have had to slot one or two players in that have gone with a consistent team during the league and have kind of gelled and got a bit of cohesion together as a group. 
all through the summer. And it's very difficult to change it for your team with effectively no preparation for it. Um, and I thought they were very stale that night against Messina at the last day. Um, like John Curry made two or three really good saves. Messina could be out of sight. And like Dean Rock, who put on such a, <laughs> like an amazing clinic of place kicking in the Drone All Ireland final. Um, you know, his shooting uh, wasn't anywhere near what it was. So, I suppose it goes to show you what a, what a sort of a fifth edge these players fall off. Um, and the, when the season's over, particularly after going to a replay. So it can be very, very tough, and I think for a club like Ballymoon, with so many players involved uh, in that Dublin team, um, they've paid the price over the years, and they, they've paid the price since they've been, and, and they're the club there that, that are probably the most... Uh, like, it's not a shock to Nafina are there, and I know that, you know, obviously that was a difficult group, and only two clubs came out of it, but, um, you know, if you take the number of All-Ireland medals that are in that Ballymoon, it's obviously a shock to say that they're not in the last eight of their count. Yeah, um, Ger, I guess Ballymun have struggled, obviously, over the last number of years. They won the Dublin County Championship in 2012, but apart from that, they haven't won it in, in, in such a long time. Uh, is that, so? In, in your opinion, Ger, is that solely down to the fact that they have maybe so many players in the, in the Dublin setup and that they're coming back in, like Connor mentioned, they're coming back into the county setup with the last round of games or even heading into the quarterfinals and, and latter stage of the championship and they've had players who are playing at such a high level over the whole summer that they struggle to maybe integrate back into the panel so quickly? No, it's certainly a large part of it. It's a major part of it, really, Derek. And I think Connor hit the nail on the head when you've got five, six in the county guys coming back uh, into a squad. The dynamic within the starting 15 quite often changes. Um, when you're introducing those five or six players, I know Evan Comerford starts on the bench the last day. But with those five players coming in on the field, they're disrupting maybe up to maybe eight or nine positional changes in total out of the starting uh, outfield 14. So it is a big challenge. Going back to 2012 where Bally won the Dublin Championship and lost narrowly to the St. Bridges to Common in the final. They actually bet us in the quarterfinal stages in Parnell Park. And at that time, we probably had about five or six fellas on the, on the Dublin panel. And the real learning after that uh, defeat for us Derek was uh, Tommy Conroy, our manager, with Sean Brady, would have sat down one on ones with myself, Darren McConnelly, and Massey Quinn, and a couple of other guys involved in the panel. And they kind of put the gun to our heads in many ways and says, Look, it's great for the club to have so many fellas playing for the senior county team, but you have to remember where you started from. And if you guys are not turning up for months on end, it's extremely difficult to have any chance of uh, being successful come the latter uh, stages of uh, the Dublin Championship. So there was a kind of a, a bit of a strategy or a, a plan put in place where we would have a free weekend from Dublin that that weekend was given to the club and there was no kind of feeling sorry for yourself that, look, we need to take a break here, we're training hard at Dublin. It was a case of getting up to the club, getting into the dressing room with the fellas if you weren't, uh, it was, if, even if it was a free evening, so to speak, and the club were training or it was a club game, you'd be getting up uh, in the dressing beforehand, getting involved in the in the tactics and uh, being positive around the fellas and, and, and pushing guys on. So when we did come back into the the, um, the setup after Dublin were finished, the inter-county team, that it was more seamless than what it had been before. But it is very, very difficult when you're serving several masters and Again, Connor mentioned like the senior final went to a senior All Ireland went to a replay, and to get yourself up for for that again is a huge task. And we obviously seen how well the lads did in that uh, replayed game. 
and then to go and play a senior club championship two weeks later is extremely, extremely difficult. But it's probably been the sword that Ballywan have fell on over the last number of seasons where they have underperformed and they haven't gotten the best out of themselves. And I know a lot of Ballymun uh, people around and knowing the fellas themselves involved with Dublin, they will be disappointed with uh, how they have kind of performed for the club over the last number of years. But uh, it's, it's, it's hard to fix, but it can be done. But um, it takes a lot of work and commitment. And obviously you mentioned there uh, the conversation that you would have had with the manager back in 2012 after the 2012 game, after the 2012 exit. It obviously worked pretty well because uh, you went on the, the year after having won the All-Ireland with Dublin in 2013. You came out of that with Dublin, straight into club championship with, with Vincent's, won Dublin, won Leinster and obviously ended up winning the All-Ireland. So whatever conversation you had at the end of 2012 worked in 2013. So what was the turnaround between, say, 2011 winning the All-Ireland with Dublin and then 2013 doing the same thing with Dublin, going the full way with Dublin, but obviously being able to come back into the club scene and, and go all the way with, with the club. Well, it comes down to making your choice. Uh, you either choose you either choose there to commit to the club properly, fully, uh, along with your Dublin in the county commitments, or you choose to go through the motions and be kind of half there, um, and really all you want to do is be off doing your own thing and minding yourself. So. I know we all, all of us involved with Dublin, we made individual choices and we said that the club is extremely important to us and that we have a duty and responsibility to, to give all of ourselves to getting the best uh, from, from the club and particularly the fellas who aren't on the inter-county team to be respectful to them and the effort that they've put in for the times that we were away with Dublin. We're also working hard as well, naturally enough, getting ourselves right for uh, senior inter-county football. But not to be dismissive of the efforts that the other guys are putting in. They were doing the early morning sessions themselves in St. Vincent's Clubhouse. They were doing the fitness stuff. They were doing the analysis work. And when we were coming back for club games or when the season was over, it was such a kind of a high standard of, 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 uh, of, of, of commitment to performance amongst St. Vincent's players that when we reintegrated back into the team, that it, it didn't take too many games for us to kind of get back up to speed. But, Really, it comes down to an individual choice. Are you committed or aren't you? And it's, it, it's very tough as a senior and a county footballer to get your head around that. But it's something that I think we did quite successfully. We got the five county finals in a row, winning four of them, losing out to Bowden in the third one. They obviously went on and super run themselves when the club all earned. So, uh, yeah, it was a great, it was a great innings with, with, with Tommy and them, with Brian Mullins as well after that. Um, just to, Review, I guess, of the quarterfinal pairings because we've been chatting about it here. So Jude's Vincent's is uh, the first game. That'll be on Saturday, the 12th of October at quarter past five, Turnout Park. After that, it's Ballyboden, Athena. Croaks, Clontarf is on Sunday at two. That's the Sunday, 13th of October. And Castlenoff, Thomas Davis is the last of the quarterfinals, Sunday, 13th of October at four o'clock. All those games at Turnout Park. Um, Connor, are we doing a slight disservice to Nafina by, um, you know, talking about Ballymun struggles? You know, Friday's win, obviously Nafina had a couple of players who were involved, a few players who were involved in the Dublin panel as well, uh, Johnny Cooper and, and, and Merchant in particular, but Conor McHugh as well was there. So are we doing a slight disservice to Nafina by talking about Bally Munn's struggles? Did they deserve to win on Friday? Did they, did they do enough to, to win and did they impress you as well on Friday? Yeah, look, Nafina are a good team. I think when Desi Farrell took over the team, um, like, you know, they became an even more interesting pros- uh, prospect. Um, like I think James Doran is fellow with a lot of potential. Um and obviously they've got Conor McHugh and Aaron Bourne and John Cassidy. There's a lot of pace 
what they probably lack is a couple of big ball winners around the middle of the pitch. Um, you know, they, they can't go short and kick as they want the ball up the pitch. Um, and even against the last day against Ballymoon, they got turned over an awful lot in the tackle, um, like five or six times when they're in good positions. And obviously those get goal chances, um, that they didn't quite take. So there's a lot of potential with Nafina, um, but they are quite young and they are quite small as well. Um, like I think the two big quarterfinals would be the Nafina Bally Bowden game and the St. Jude's, uh, St. Vincent game. Like you would have, you would, uh, you'd expect that Castlenock um, are going to be Thomas Davis, the Brogues are going to be Sir Carr. Um, and I think the Nafina Bally Bowden game is a really, really interesting one because I think Bally Bowden are a lot of people's uh, best, I think, to win this Dublin championship. Like, you know, we talk about the county players that they don't have during the summer. Like, you can, you know, they can obviously slot Michael Darren McCauley back in and Robbie McDade. I know Colly Baskell was away in America during the summer, but, um, like, for the last couple of years, I think Colly Baskell and Ryan Baskell have been probably two of the top four or five forwards in the Dublin Senior Football Championship. Um, and, you know, when they won that All-Ireland under Andy McAfee, they were quite a young team and they still have they still have the guts of that team left. They go very well in the league and they're they're very big and very well organised. So, um, you know, like, you're saying to do the service to Nafina. Yeah, like, they had to go and beat Bally Bowden the last day. Um, but, like, it wasn't a perfect performance. By any stretch of the imagination, and, and you still got the impression that Bally Moon was probably there for the taking. So, like, that game is a really interesting one. And the other one is Vincent and Jude. Like, I sort of thought that Jude were going to win the championship last year after they beat Bally Bowden and then beat Vincent by nine points in the semi final. Um, and like, it was a, like, it was, it was a complete dismantling that day. Like, Jude are a team with a lot of big men and they're as well organized defensively in how they structure their defense. As any club team in the country, um, now obviously they were beaten in the final by both, but I thought Jews were actually going to go and win it last year. And just looking at the two teams now, like I'm not sure that there's that much that has changed with either Jews or Vincent since last year. For Warren, all of a sudden Vincent's been favourites for that game. Um, like if you remember, like Dermot Connolly had to drop really, really deep to get on the ball. Those long passes that he plays in the end of Varley and Mossy Quinn, they just weren't on because. Dude's got so many bodies back there, so it'll just be interesting to see whether that game sort of follows the same trend as last year's game, or if Vincent will have a different way of trying to open up Dude. Cool, uh, Ger, what you what you make of that? Well, uh, having played in that game last year against St. Jude's, there if we were certainly well bet on the day. Jude's played the better football. They brought uh, much higher intensity to how they played, how they tackled. And they were just hungrier, and that showed with the, I think it was maybe nine points between the, the, the teams at the end of the 60 minutes. I think what Connor mentioned about Jude's, um, they've, they've, they've two things going for them. And one is that structure defensive, defensively that they have. They don't tend to vary uh, or move away from it, so they are quite difficult to break down. And then the second thing would be physically they're quite big, strong men. If you take the ball into contact in that middle third, or in around the edge of their D, you're going to get swallowed up and you're going to get turned over. And they're very, very good at breaking that pace. They play a bit like Mickey Hart's Tyrone when they're playing maybe 13 guys behind the ball and trying to break out once they turn you over. So, again, that was something we would have been aware of going into the game last year against St. Jude's. But look, at um, they were the better team on the day. I, I Going into the next game uh, next week or next Saturday, Derek, 
Um, I know St. Vincent's dads haven't talked to a few of the boys. They 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 be they be very, uh, what would you call it, focused and 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 excited and, and looking forward to the opportunities to try to put things right after the disappointing performance against St. Jude's last year. Again, Jude's, I don't think they've varied. What I've seen of them this year, they haven't really moved away from that kind of style of play, that defensive structure that they have, and breaking that pace with some lovely kick pass on an occasion. And St. Vincent's, look, we've been in five of the last six county finals. When in four, we're well-versed at dealing with knockout games. And, and uh, in terms of preparation, you know, the players will just have to put in the, put in the groundwork, look at the opposition, and uh, make sure that they get themselves right too. Um, some of the other uh, games over the weekend as well, um, there were a couple of surprises. Um, Clontarf beating Lucan, for example. Clontarf going through in Group 2 alongside Bally Bowden St. Enders. Uh, Clontarf will now face Chemical Croaks in the quarterfinals. So uh, what did you make of the Clontarf-Lucan game? And also, uh, I guess Rahini slightly unlucky uh, in Group 3 not to go through. They beat Plunkett's on uh, Saturday afternoon at Parnell Park. But it's Jude's and Thomas Davis who go through. Thomas Davis going through on on scoring difference ahead of uh, Rahini. So those two results, uh, what did you make of those? Were you surprised by them? Well, starting with Clontarf, Derek, I certainly wasn't surprised. You have to look at the 2015 Dublin Championship. They pushed Bally Bowden St. Enders very, very close in that semi-final. Bowden obviously went on to win the championship that year, but they're a very, very talented and up-and-coming team. Uh, the second thing, and more, more, more recently, to be aware of is that Clontarf are in the promotion uh, playoffs, so they're very close with the get up into the Division One of the Dublin Senior Football League for the 2020 campaign. So they're an up and coming club. Uh, they've a lot of uh, very fast, talented uh, individual players, and obviously Jack is is, uh, is certainly their main man. Now I watched him against uh, Scaries on Dubs TV in the in the um, second uh, group game which they lost narrowly by a point or two. Uh, but they, they do have a lot, to, a lot to offer going forward. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised now if they uh, push chemical croaks uh, close. I think croaks will just pull away um, midway during the second half. They'll just probably have too much fire, firepower. But Clontarf will go out uh, without any expectations um, or on themselves or without any pressure on themselves, rather. And they'll, they'll uh, just seek to kind of uh, give a good account. Um, Rahini have probably been, again, good results for them the weekend, uh, gone, but again, not enough to get over the line. You know, they've been probably disappointing for me uh, at senior level for the last couple of years, given the number of, of, of players that they have had in Dublin under 20, 21 football teams and indeed on the senior panel. I think, uh, you know, they should be pushing on uh, that bit more now at this stage. And um, again, I'm not sure what the answers for, for, for Rahini are going into next year's uh, championship campaign, but uh, they're a team that really should be doing uh, a lot better. Thomas Davis, I was at a couple of the county board meetings where uh, the discussions were held around the new championship uh, structure, and there was a lot of good and positive debate around how the 32 teams should be separated and the process that should be involved uh, in that. Um, but ultimately, Thomas Davis, they end up in the senior B. They did obviously protest or appeal it uh, initially, and when that didn't work out for them, you know they put their heads down, they put a plan together, and they they, they won uh, the senior B championship. And here they are in the quarter final. Thomas Davis would have won three championships in a row, um, going back maybe 20 years at this stage. So a lot of the mentors involved in the senior team 
would have been playing on that team, on those teams, and uh, you know they still have high expectations of of of, uh, of themselves as a club. So again, I think they'll push Castleknock uh, extremely close. I I, I think Castleknock they've been knocking around now at senior level for a couple of years. Obviously got to the final against St Vincent's maybe three or four seasons ago. They won the the junior football championship maybe eight years ago. Won the intermediate championship six years ago, and now they're up in the senior championship the last couple of years and. They're an up-and-coming team. I watched Castlenock play St Vincent's in the second round of the group stages in April gone. And what was impressive about them was, despite being behind by five or six points going into the last quarter of that game, they actually showed a lot of resilience to, to, to keep going and, and, and keep probing the St Vincent's defence. And look at it, they got two long balls uh, drilled into the edge of the D and they got goals out of it and they, they end up topping the group. But uh, again, Castlenock would be the, the team I'd probably fancy going into that game. Okay, good stuff, lads. Uh, thanks, May, for joining us uh, today. A reminder of the quarterfinal pairings. It's uh, St. Jude's versus St. Vincent's and Ballyboden and uh, Nafina. Those, those games taking place Saturday, 12th of October, uh, quarter past five for Jude's Vincent's and seven o'clock for Bowden and Nafina. And then on Sunday, 13th of October, it's Croaks against Clontarf and Castlenock versus Thomas Davis. Uh, we'll be taking a more in-depth look at those quarterfinals in next week's podcast. But for now, thanks a million for joining us, guys. Just a reminder before we go that both the hurling semi-finals will be live on Dubs TV this Sunday afternoon. That's Craig Kieran versus um, Bridget's at half two and St. Vincent's versus Kula at half past four. We'll also have highlights of Saturday's games during our live coverage on Sunday. That's the Senior B hurling final between Scully Cunnell and Thomas Davis, but that's on Parnell Park at five on Saturday. Before that, at uh, three on Saturday, it's the Junior A hurling final between Fingalians and St. Jude's. We'll have highlights of both of those games on uh, Sunday afternoon on Dubs TV, so tune in for that as well. Uh, But for now, thanks for listening, and chat to you soon.